Well, I know they're describing it as a bloodbath. I'll explain to you why maybe things aren't as dire as some say. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show. A handful of elections last night, folks. Not the best day for Republicans. And, uh, well, it's, it's... Each race has its own particular flavor and character, okay? Like, for example, in Kentucky. Kentucky ought to be, is a ruby red state. Okay, Trump carried Kentucky by 25 points in 2020. That's about as deep red as you get. So why is it that a Democrat... uh, Governor there, Andy Bashir. how is it that he was reelected? Well, it's pretty simple. Look, and it was 52%, right, to 47%, so a fairly close uh, election. But I'll tell you a couple of things, right? It's not, just, it's not just the abortion issue, although that played certainly a role in, um, in, in, in Virginia and, and also, of course, um, in the in the. Ohio um, election. So I, I'll get to all of it, one step at a time. But in Kentucky, one thing you got to realize is Andy Bashir, the incumbent, is extremely popular. He's got huge name ID. His dad was a very popular two-term governor, Steve Bashir. So in the state, he's, he's got a following. And Look, I mean, it's one of the things that he he ran in every single ad. He, he ran the abortion thing. And, and then, of course, Cameron, the attorney general in the state, Daniel Cameron. One thing nobody's talking about, the guy's 37 years old. He's a baby. And he's a relative newcomer to the scene. And he's a protege of one of our favorite people, Mitch McConnell. And I think there is the real issue here in this particular race, because I think that most Republicans simply don't get excited about going to the polls and picking and voting for being motivated because there are turnout problems. Not enough Republicans came out and voted. What that tells me is not enough Republicans were willing to cast a ballot for a guy that they perceive to be GOP establishment. This is almost exactly to a T what I was saying yesterday in my defense of Trump. And I had the Dove Fisher's piece. I think I still have it here in my stack of stuff. It was the, the plea to the never Trumpers. See, my takeaway in looking at all of these races is that we have, a, we have an enthusiasm gap as Republicans between the policies, mega policies, okay, America first policies, which has a high level, that, that carries a high level of enthusiasm in the party, broadly speaking, and establishment GOP politics. Now, the other, the other major drag coefficient on Republicans is going to be abortion as an issue. It's not just, look, folks, it's not just a messaging problem. I think the reason it's a messaging problem is because Republicans are too afraid to articulate different standards based on trimesters for abortions because they are so beholden 
uh, not me, okay, but, but many Republicans, particularly those that, that want to run for public office, they are so beholden to the Christian coalition, the, 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 you know, the conservative Christians pro-life lobby that they're terrified to have an open discussion about things that at this point are very common sense to me. And I've, I've told you this before, and, and, and that's, that's the other issue. So, of course, in Kentucky, Bashir, right, you had, you had that, you had, you had low enthusiasm for McConnell's protege, Cameron. And then you had a real fear out there driven by Bashir's team, his campaign, about the likelihood that a Daniel Cameron governorship could, could result in, um, in some significant restrictions on abortion. Yeah, look, I mean, just last year, Kentucky voters rejected a ballot measure that would have denied constitutional protections for abortion. People said no to it. And so Bashir made the race about Cameron's support for Kentucky's strict abortion law. And, and Cameron's playing the same Republican playbook. So this is my take here. But before we get any further, my simple and straightforward take on abortion and Republicans, I hope to goodness you're listening to me. All right, Nevada, let's talk about right here in Nevada. You can get an abortion up until 24 weeks. Why 24 weeks? Because 24 weeks is plus minus the number of weeks before a fetus is viable, after which a fetus is typically viable after 24 weeks. So what you have, and I, I put this really simply, if the fetus, if the baby can live outside of the mother, it's two lives. If the baby can't, it's your body, your choice. That's the compromise position. Now, the crazy advocates on the left for abortion, they want partial birth abortions all the way up to the last day of pregnancy. That's barbaric. The mood of the country doesn't support it. It's unacceptable. That's, that's where we Republicans ought to be arguing the, these, this, this, this principled fight. That's where we ought to be taking it. So I see it very straightforward. I mean, if, if, if the baby can survive outside of the womb, you, you have, it's not just your body. There's another body inside of you, an independent life. And the state has a, a vested interest in protecting that life. And we as, society, as a society can agree on, okay, if there's a reason that the baby needs to be removed, that baby has a chance at living. And every effort ought to be made to give that baby an opportunity to live. That, to me, is so profoundly common sense, I, I don't know what else to say about it. So here in Nevada, we have a very common sense law. And we had a contentious battle for governor, if you'll recall, in 2020. Uh, excuse me, 2022. And how did that turn out? Uh, very straightforward, right? The Republican in the race, Lombardo, you know, was pressed about the abortion issue and says, I support existing Nevada law. That's where I stand, you know, you know that's it. I'm not going to do anything to change it. Boom, end of conversation. That's what, ought, it, it's just, I can't tell you how many Republican women I have spoken to over the years who are, uh, who tell me, I just wish the party would leave the abortion thing alone. I, it's something that needs to be, one, decided at the state level, and there need to be abortion protections. I, I, I mean, I, I, if I've talked to one, I've talked to 100. 
I would be surprised if there are not Republican women out there who are not voting Republican in some of these state races specifically because of this issue. That's what happened in Virginia. So Glenn Youngkin, you know, I mean, what, Robbie, how, how big was his victory? When he, when, he, when he won the governorship, he won it by, pretty significantly. That's another, this is another place, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm telling you, the fact that he was not, the reason that his slate of assemblymen and senators didn't make it through is because of the 15-week ab- abortion ban that was, that, was, uh, that, was, that was being talked about there. Not good. So I'm, you know, I, I'm looking at this, and I, and, and I think there's a simple, straightforward solution. Uh, the D- Democrats, by the way, maintained control in the Senate, then took over uh, the House of Delegates. GOP lost control there. So this is this is um, this is this is what it is. Now I'll get to the Ohio thing. Ohio is a straight. Um, it, it, they did a, a straight ballot, right? Issue one: enshrining abortion rights in state constitution passed fifty-seven to forty-three percent. There it is. Now the issue, of course, has been disposed of. Now it's a, it's 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 in the constitution. So a governor can't come along, or a state legislature can't come along and change that. But you know, it is a wake-up call to every you know every politician running in a state like Ohio. If a, if you're going to run on a on a near and total abortion ban, you're probably going to lose. All right, quick break. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. Brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Because you deserve what's right. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. All right, here's a What's Right show alert, news alert. Tonight, NBC News carrying the third Republican primary debate. The field has narrowed down to five uh, folks up on stage. We've got Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Vivek Ramaswamy, and of course, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. Uh, no elephant in the room. Trump is sitting this one out as well because why the hell should he go? Doesn't need to. Now, the, the debate tonight is being co-sponsored by the RJC, the Republican Jewish Coalition. My friend Matt Brooks, who was on the program last week, will be, uh, will be asking a question or two, I believe, tonight. So look for him. You're already familiar with him. You met him right here on the show, so he'll be there tonight. Um, people are saying that that Haley's going to come out swinging. I don't know how they mean that, but uh, I presume with you know with some jabs, verbal jabs. I don't think it looks good on her when she gets all angry. I, I've seen her do this, and um, you know we'll see. I mean, she's. South Carolina, she's moved into number two position. She is besting in the polls, Ron DeSantis. So that's interesting. 
But I think, uh, I don't know what to expect. It, Tim Scott's going to be the same. Chris Christie is uh, dour, dour and, um, and, and grouchy. By the way, did you see this? I, Robbie, we should have gotten the audio. I, I, he had a heckler last week or over the weekend. Do we, do we have the audio of this? We, we don't in the archive, do we? Well, anyway, all right, I, I don't know if we did, but it, 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 this, is, this is, he was so rude in his takedown of a guy that was, that was heckling him. If you don't want me talking here, I'm going to just leave and get out of here, okay, basically was the, was the gist of it. The contrast to it is the way Vivek Ramaswamy handles the hecklers. Now, there are not going to be any hecklers tonight. Not at the not at the NBC debate. I mean, there might be, but it's not going to be disruptive. But I'm at these at these political speeches, rallies, smaller crowds. A single heckler can really throw the room into chaos. And of course, if you give a perfectly boring speech, nobody covers it. But a minute a heckler shows up and you respond in an embarrassing way, all media is going to cover it. And it's going to be a big story. And what's not a story is how brilliantly Vivek is handling this stuff. So I'll tell you, it's, it's, um, it's, it's just, you know, it is, no, he, he'll, he, somebody comes and starts arguing. He says, no, 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 everybody's got a right to speak. What's your problem? And he totally sucks the, I don't know, the, 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 the piss and vinegar, I don't know how else to explain it, out of the person there because they're floored. They're expecting him to get angry. He doesn't get angry. He, he, he starts to, he tries to engage with the heckler. And then if the heckler doesn't engage, then the heckler's the one that looks stupid. It is a masterclass on how to handle your opponents. So, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be uh, five people on stage versus 10, 12 means more time. No Doug Burgum, you know. No Pence. Pence is bad out of the race. So it just means more time per candidate. They'll, they'll hopefully give more in-depth answers. I, I don't know if there's anything DeSantis can do at this point to turn things around. He's floundering. And it's all, it's all the most bizarre thing because none of these people realistically are going to become the nominee. I mean, this is a, you know, this is almost like a debate for either vice president or for, you know, cabinet positions. Which I can tell you right now, Chris Christie will not get. Um... You know, I could, you know, I could, I could see there being actually, believe it or not, I could see there being a thaw between Trump and, and DeSantis. Certainly Trump and Ramaswamy, they are friendly and cordial with each other. So that's that. Hey, Nikki Haley's not going back. She's, she's a never Trumper. So there's that. Tim Scott, who knows? But at any rate, the debate is tonight. I will be watching. So uh, events yesterday, no doubt questions will be asked tonight about abortion. The other question that's going to be asked tonight is the, the concern, the kind of damage, and this is, this is wrong think, I believe, but the kind of damage that is potentially going to be caused to Republican chances in 24 with Trump on the ticket. Now, here's why I bring this up. Because I hear every day when I, you know, I'm scouring the news and I'm, I'm looking at Fox News and I'm, I'm, I'm reading 
articles and I've got, you know, Jonah Goldberg and all these people, you know, rhino types, neocon types, never Trump types, telling me constantly how bad Trump will be for GOP chances in 2024, that he's going to turn people away from the polls. Now, I believe, I believe that all of the Trump antics leading up to 2020, uh, the 2020 election, right, combined with the insanity of, of COVID, the summer of George, all of that, all of that nuttiness, I think that there was a, a lot of Republicans stayed home. They stayed home. I don't see that necessarily repeating in 2024 unless, of course, we run somebody like uh, Daniel Cameron in Kentucky, who is, you know, the kind of person who is, well, he's an establishment guy. And Republicans in red states are not showing up for establishment conservatives. It's not happening. Because we don't care. We literally know a vote for an establishment rhino Republican is functionally almost the same thing as voting for a Democrat. So why the hell would we show up? That's, that's the issue. So um, I'm, I'm going to say this. I think, I think that, well, I think that if Trump is on the ticket, I think that's going to energize voters. For example, in Kentucky, you'll see you know, Trump will be on the ticket. Trump will carry Kentucky again by, by more than 20 points. And it will be a, that's my prediction, right? That'll be a see, I told you so moment. A guy like Cameron can't win because he's a rhino. But a guy like Trump wins because he's genuine, he's real. People know he's not part of the establishment and he's more likely than most to go to Washington and fight for them. That's the authenticity that people want. And they want it now more than ever. They want it now because, of course, four years of Joe Biden is, you know, by the time November rolls around, will have been enough to, uh, you know, uh, overcome whatever antipathies they had for Trump in 2020. I know a lot of people who are, are reconsidering their support, and I've, I've talked to you openly about this. I, I'm, I'm one of them. He's a lot more of an attractive candidate to me today in, 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 in November, what are we, November of, of, uh, of 22, uh, three. What, what month are we in? What year? Yeah, November of 23, then, then he was in, in, you know, call it February of 21. Absolutely. Now, I, I of course, voted for him enthusiastically in, 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 uh, in November of 20, no doubt about that. Um, and, and so did a whole lot of other people. So it's, but I, we know the numbers here in Nevada. We know that for example, we got to get Republicans out to vote. And that means early voting. That means, you know, you, you, you get in there, you don't wait till election day, all of that stuff. But what I want to shake Ron Daniels for, I want to tell the Republican party, you've got to run candidates that excite the base. Because if you don't have the base show up, you're screwed. Because the Dems get their base out. They do it. They got the unions. They come in. They do it. They get the base. They get them to the polls. They pick up their ballots. They do it all. And if we don't do it, we're, we're screwed. And the other issue, I'm going to repeat it again here after the break. I'm going to tell you what the absolute must do on the abortion topic is. And how, and by the way, I'm, I'm in advertising. I understand this. How do you sell it? That's the thing. How do you sell it? 
I'll explain it when we come back. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840. You're listening to The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Greetings, friends, and welcome back to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234, the only law firm to trust with your personal injury case in Nevada and beyond. Sam Rajovsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering ex-Californian. And <laughs> that's me. I tell you, just telling you about the um, the heckling right? Every candidate, every politician gets heckled. How you deal with it is everything, okay? And, and if, if you're quick on your feet as a, as a candidate, as a speaker, you're, you're able to turn the conversation around. You know, the heckler comes in and, and the heckler has a, a, a thing that they're intending to do. They've got it rehearsed. And the main thing that they want is to, is to get attention for themselves and to derail you, the speaker, and your agenda. That's it. So what you, 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 you can't do, you can't under any circumstances, is go in and, um, well, let's just say, you know, well, you, you, can't, you can't go and abuse your, your heckler back. Or you've got to do it, if you're going to do it, you've got to do it in a way that wins over the rest of the crowd. So I was mentioning a couple days ago, Chris Christie is giving a speech somewhere, I don't know what, and somebody comes in and starts hurling abuse at him. And, and, and he starts, he almost has this moment, it was like a, like a deplorables moment, a Hillary Clinton deplorables moment. Because he, he gets up there and says something to the effect of, you know, you're, you, you, you are all so horribly wrong. You are so horribly wrong. And it is, it, is, it is shameful. And he begins to condescend multiple people. In fact, a broad group, not just one individual, broad group of people that perhaps sympathize with Donald Trump. Bad look, Right. I mean, I guess if you're supposed to win the Republican primary, you might not want to alienate the 60% or so that are saying that they will support Trump. This is a terrible idea. By contrast, Vivek Ramaswamy, huh, he had that, remember the pansexual person that came up to him and Gal was like, yeah, but just how do you feel about gay people, LGBTQIA plus? Listen. I was just wondering, um, what were your opinions on the LGBTQ plus community? Well, I don't think it's one community. Really? Yeah. I mean, how could it be? You just mash together an alphabet soup. Trans is fundamentally in tension with gay, if you ask me. But what's your opinion? I'm personally in pansexual, so I was okay. just wondering what your views on same-sex couples were. I don't have a negative view of same-sex couples, but I do have a negative view of a tyranny of the minority. So, so I think that in the name of protecting against a tyranny of the majority, and there are times in this country's history where we have had a tyranny of the majority, we have now, in the name of protecting against tyranny of the majority, created a new tyranny of the minority. And then he engages with her and explains it. 
right? Because she's, she, you can't see it in the, the video, obviously this is radio, but she kind of comes up to him and, and interjects into a, 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 a little speech that he's giving to a few people. And he just, he engages with her. There's been examples where he said, come on up here, come on up, no, please, like, you know, let's talk. So we've got the Christie heckler. This is what Christie did. Your anger against the truth is reprehensible. Uh, not good. <laughs> when you think about the problems, when you think about the problems that our country and this world is facing, when you think about that, this type of pettiness this type of pettiness is beneath, beneath the process of electing a president. Yeah. yeah, you don't do that. Just ignore them. If, if you don't want to engage with them, ignore them. But don't sit up there and, and, and lecture them. And don't paint any one person or three people, four people with a broad brush. Because if those people are, are Trump supporters or whatever it is, you're then risking alienating an entire group. Oh, I don't want to belabor this point. Robbie, if you found the other clip, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I am just saying that Ramaswamy, I don't know if Vivek will, will get through here and, and, and best Trump in this race, but he's a remarkably talented campaigner. Absolutely un unbelievable. And, and I think, you know, Christie's one of the worst, and DeSantis is certainly uh, proving to be, to be a disaster himself. So here's, by the way, speaking of disasters. Folks, this is what I, I, th I think needs to be done for Republicans to win the abortion question, okay? The issue of abortion, because I think it's winnable. Because I think I am absolutely common sense and right on this. I think, look, I, I think, listen, 24 weeks, that's the number. It's what we have here in Nevada. If baby can't survive without mom, it's her body. If baby can live on his own, the state should protect the life of the, of the child, right? If the fetus is completely codependent on you and doesn't exist without you, the mother, then it's your body, your choice. But if there are two bodies, two lives, both deserve equal protection. Now, what I think is very powerful is, and by the way, Bashir ran an ad where he had a, uh, this is in uh, Kentucky, he, he ran an ad where he was, well, they were showing uh, a, a, an incest, a girl who'd been, been raped at 12 years old, and, and you know, would she have access to an abortion? And I mean, everybody, Everybody, I think, out there, for the most part, will agree that a, a victim of rape, certainly incest, you know, uh, uh, ought to be able to, to terminate the pregnancy. But what I like, okay, I like the 24 weeks because you don't have to get into all these exceptions. 24 weeks in, you know you're pregnant. 24 weeks in, there isn't a surprise. You have way bigger issues if you don't know that you're pregnant at 24 weeks, okay? It's like they go 100%. So you don't need to get into all these little arguments and well, you know, in this case or this exception, it gets complicated. Keep it simple, stupid, right? 24 weeks. You have 24 weeks to figure it out, figure out if you're gonna keep your kid. 
after 24 weeks, the child is viable and has a right to life. That's what I, and, and the way you sell it is you talk about these late-term abortions that I know how those poll. Those poll terribly. But that's what the Democrats want. We want to, you want the debate to move away from an abortion at 15 weeks or 24 weeks. You want to, you want to, you want to get away from that and, and move the battlefield, you know, to the, to the end of the third trimester and make your Democratic opponents get on the record and say, well, yeah, we think that that's appropriate. Now, I'm hearing some of you out there go, but the life of the mother. Okay, I'll tell you what Nevada law says. You want to know what it says? The, the life of the mother, that's an exception. But after 24 weeks, basically, the procedure has to, has to make every, you know, an effort to save the child as well. So it can't just be performed in an abortion clinic. It has to, you, know, you have to go into a hospital where they have you know, neonatal, uh, prenatal care, right? So that's, that, and that's, that's what we have here in Nevada. We've got a full Democrat legislature. We had a Democrat governor. That's what we have here. So it, you know, to me, this is absolutely common sense. And if Republicans did this and were able to sell, and I would, I mean, I'm telling you, yeah, you can't get too graphic, but you know, you could have people describe what one of the most awful things I've ever seen is an, uh, you know, an abortionist talking about giving testimony in the Senate about this, what those tools are used for, how these procedures are carried out. It's, it's gruesome. I mean, running an ad with medical professionals talking about what these procedures do in the you know, third trimester uh, terminations. I mean, I, I, you put, put out that parade of horribles. You know, Democrats would start to be very embarrassed about their any abortion, any time, all the time uh, position. That's a fact. We Republicans are so bad at moving the battlefield and reframing the issue. We are terrible at it. And, per, and I think there's no, there's no better example of how bad we are uh, at this than, than, than the issue of abortion. Absolutely. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840. KXNT, The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, will continue after this. Ohio also legalized marijuana, 57 to 43%. So, uh, you know, that's, um, that's, that's some bit of news. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. Uh, Ronna Romney McDaniel, uh, look, very low voter turnout. So people are calling for her to resign as GOP chair. Uh, that's one fallout from the election the, uh, last night. The other, um, the other problem here, too, is Yunkin. Number of people out there have been predicting that Yunkin is the uh, I don't know, the Republican dark horse candidate that is waiting in the wings to swoop in and save the day in the event that Trump falters and DeSantis or perhaps one of the other candidates don't pick up the slack. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't see it after yesterday. But, but I've, I haven't seen it leading up to yesterday either. Uh, you, you have to... 
I, DeSantis had the credibility entering the race as a Republican who turned Florida red. That was DeSantis's credibility. That's his resume. All the other stuff, the, the, the lifts and the boots and the, the, the awkward, you know, the, the awkward conversations and, and, and perhaps uh, the, the inability to connect with voters, all of that, right? That's, that's style and that's, that's it. But, but in terms of resume, DeSantis has the resume. That still did not move the needle for him. Certainly not with Trump in the mix. So, uh, Ronna McDaniel, nice lady. Uh, actually, met her a couple weeks ago. I, I, you know, she's she knows she knows it's a turnout problem. It's all she talks about. She's always up there saying we got it. Republicans got to vote early, and and she's not wrong. But you know, if you've got a Republican Party, I, you know the the establishment is strong and. You know, and, and, and our, our low turnout is, is, is not because Republicans are uh, ignorant of how elections work. It's because Republicans aren't enthused to get out there and vote. You know, Trump's getting 60%, 55%, you know, in, in the primaries, even with the very crowded field, because his base of support is jazzed. And I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. It'd be an interesting, I mean, imagine it's, it's Trump versus Newsom. You know, I, I think that could happen. Or Trump versus Newsom versus RFK Jr. I mean, Biden's unpopularity is undeniable. The fact is it didn't translate into support for Republicans generic Republicans running in these various states. And it certainly didn't translate into support for abortion. So what's the takeaway there? The takeaway is, is you know, you got to run Republicans that are, that, are, um, I, that are not rhinos. You can't run Republicans that, are, that, are, that, have, the, that have the establishment kiss of death on them. And the other, the other thing is, um, you, you've got you've got in these races, you, you have uh, f- f- folks. Um, y- y- it's it's very simple and straightforward. There are issues that people care about. Remember when I said, and I've been saying this for a while, that this twenty twenty four election is a, is a is a ideas race. It's an issues race. So there's things that people care about. This, these three elections that I'm describing that happened last night, very much centered around abortion. Now they are state races. That is what the reversal of Roe, that's what the Hobbes case decrees, that, that these things are to be decided in the states. So it's happening in the states. The beauty of this is that Trump can get up there or any Republican can get up there and talk about Abortion being something that is left to the states, it's literally not my problem, can say every Republican president running. But because uh, Republicans never miss an opportunity to step on their own weenies, what's going to happen here is, is, is Republicans running, and you'll see it tonight. You'll see it tonight, I promise you. One or more of these Republicans running uh, and talking in the debate tonight NBC in Miami hosting the debate. 
Uh, you'll have Nikki Haley, uh, Chris Christie, DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, and Tim Scott, five of them. They're going to ask him about abortion, and they're going to they're say they're, they're pro-life, and they could just punt it. My, literally, anyone who's running for president, it, their opinion on abortion is largely ceremonial because it's very clear that there is no, this is, a, this is an issue that needs to be left to the states. And so the, 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 the great news is you can do that. And by the way, what are the issues that actually matter to, to, to Republicans? What are, what are the issues that are going to motivate us to show up? I can tell you right now that securing the border is probably number one, number two. Interchanged with it's the economy, stupid, right? That's what we want to say to, to Brandon. We want to tell Joe Biden it's the economy, stupid. You can't tell us everything is fine when most Americans cannot afford the same groceries that they were buying a year ago today. So, you, you know, we want to go back to, to, to gas that was $2.80 a gallon. That's a major issue. Trump can run on that. So what do these GOP types get? You know, what, what are they? They're, they are so stuck in running against Trump that they end up sounding like Democrats light. That's, that's the rub. By the way, Hillary, Hillary, oh my gosh, she, she made, um, where, where was she? On The View, of course, Joe, Joy Behar and Sonny Hostin. They were, they, she, Hillary actually said that the election yesterday, the elections, three races, showed that polls are wrong about Trump support. That's what she said. Now, here she is in her own words. What I think, um, again, we saw yesterday is that a lot of people may not be telling pollsters they're uh -huh. reconsidering, but they are reconsidering. Oh, you think so? I do. I, I think that the chaos that comes with him uh, is just not attractive to a majority of people anymore. But look, there are people who still you know, support them. They say they're going to vote for them. We just have to limit the number of those right. people. Well, I, the, the, Trump wasn't on the ballot. Trump's not an abortion or anti-abortion guy. He, he's, none of this was. The, the, one, the one statewide Repub, uh, Republican official that lost was a guy that was, that was a, a, you know, a rhino Republican. A McConnell protege, somebody who was very swampy and young and lacked name ID. You know, it's 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 fine. I mean, that you can again, the, you can see what you want to see uh, and convince yourself of that. But this is what this is the talking point right now. The Dems are saying this is great news for Biden. That's what they're saying. Now, when we come back. I want to. I want to explain why this is, uh, this is wrong uh, thinking, and it's dangerous thinking for Democrats uh, if, they, if, they, if they're lulled into a sense of, well, security by all of this. Um, they, they, no, they, they truly fear, I, I, I do believe this. I mean, Dems truly fear Trump. Well, I think they fear DeSantis too. They fear anybody who is going to 
you know, wipe the slate with all of, you know, of all of the ideologues and hacktivists in our various institutions, starting with the Department of Justice. They fear that. And this is why they are they're they're sharpening their knives for Trump. But but I, I don't I think they're reading the wrong thing from yesterday. Okay, we're gonna have to. Right, yeah, we'll get to this. We'll get to it all. Don't worry. We got one more hour, so stay tuned. Um, I'll get to it. Sam Rajovsky here. You're listening to the What's Right Show, News Talk 840 KXNT. You can always find the podcast. Right, the podcast comes up after the show and after we uh, go off air in an hour. We'll put it up. Uh, you can get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. The What's Right Show will be back in just a few minutes. Don't go anywhere, folks. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Hi, friends. Sam Rajovsky here, host of The What's Right Show, the show where, well, let's see, what are we about? Common Sense Conservatism, delivered Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Reminder, presidential debate tonight, Republican primary contenders, five of them will be on stage in Miami, uh, co-hosted by the RJC, the Republican Jewish Coalition, and I believe Matt Brooks will be asking a couple questions. And, of course, I had Matt here on the program a week and a half ago, so you'll you'll already be familiar with him. And and let's tune into that, see what these these guys have to say. Now, I have to look. I uh, Biden. You know what they're saying out there? The Biden administration is saying that that the polls can't be trusted. That all the polling that is bad for for Biden is 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 just that. And when voters go to vote, okay, when the rubber hits the road. It's actually showing that there is support for, for the president. Now, this is delusional. By the way, this is what they actually said. Here's what a spokesperson said. What we saw last night is MAGA extremism fail. Uh, we saw MAGA, uh, the MAGA agenda fall flat on its face. Uh, we saw rep- uh, voters uh, stand up uh, for a woman's right to choose all across the country. Uh, and we saw an enthusiastic electorate turned out, uh, the same electorate that sent President Biden and Vice President Harris to the White House four years ago. Uh, and we've seen them continuously turn out on the same issues, uh, freedom, uh, while Republicans are campaigning on giving tax breaks to the wealthy, right? American voters are paying attention to this, um, and no amount of polling or political punditry uh, is going to change what's going on here. Now, with all due respect to Deputy Biden campaign manager Quentin Fulks, this has nothing to do with MAGA, and I mean zero. Yes, I'm sure in some certain races there were some MAGA candidates in Virginia running for assembly uh, and and state senate, but but this is not— Tell, I, I remember 2016, I remember 2015, I remember when Trump held his rallies. How many times did Trump talk about abortion? I'll wait. It was, it was not a pillar of the MAGA agenda, right? What did we have? America first, right? Border protection, strong military, deregulate the economy, you know, unleash the uh, potential of, 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 of America, an American industry, an element of protectionism, right? Tariffs and balancing trade, that kind of thing. You, 
the reason that the left fears MAGA so much is because it is absolutely, yeah, it's a populist platform, but it is, it actually avoids all of the usual pitfalls that Republicans fall into. This wasn't a loss for MAGA. This was a loss for the Christian coalition, okay? So to the extent that the Republicans continue to run with, with those policies, yeah, this is a problem for Republicans. Now, there are two people of all the elections last night, there are two people that weren't on the ballot, Biden and Trump. They have nothing to do with this. And this is why uh, Jonathan Chait, writing for New York Magazine this morning, uh, says, well, you know, he, he's referring to all the different pronouncements put out there by the team Biden. And so he writes, quote, the most simplistic account from the Biden campaign is that the election results show the polls are inaccurate. Voters vote, polls don't, claimed Biden-Harris fundraising email last night, except the polls predicting last night's election results were accurate. That's also true. Remember the red wave we were supposed to have? The, the, polling, the polling was tight. It was within the margin of error in a lot of races, and those races overall tilted statistically blue they could have tilted the other way this is what this is what probability and and and, and you know and, and calculating odds this is how it how it works you know you, you're not guaranteed a result you're, you're it's not predicting anything you're just saying the likelihood of a certain outcome based on samples taken the year that polling was obviously inaccurate was in 2020 but here's the thing. This was a non-presidential off-year election. That, that's true. And with abortion on the ballot, who do you think showed up with, with greater gusto? You think that the anti-abortion people showed up with as much enthusiasm as the pro-choice people? Because if you think that, well, I've got, I've got some non-existent bridges in Alaska to sell you. Um, it's, it, that's what it is. This is, these off-year elections will typically will favor Dems. They get the voter turnout. It is going to be, 2024 is going to be a voter turnout game. Now, what are the polls saying about Biden? Well, they're, they're trending downward. They're consistently and across the board getting worse for Biden. And even the New York Mag here, New York Magazine, Jonathan Chait, who writes, he says, uh, what does he put here? He goes, um, he says, uh, he makes a point of how he personally wants uh, Biden. Oh, yeah. It may well turn out that Biden can beat Donald Trump next year, and I obviously hope he does. But the Democrats' performance in the off-year elections and in recent special election victories don't actually tell us this. And then he goes on for three more pages. So you know one thing that I'm, I'm taking from this is that among astute political observers of the left, they are starting to openly question Biden's viability. The reason that Team Biden is out there going, we had a great night yesterday and are taking credit for it is because they desperately need a political win 
Biden right now is hanging on by the hairs on his chinny chin chin. He is this close to getting, you know, having a, an insurrection against him inside the Democratic Party. A political coup of sorts, if you will. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're circling with their knives. And, you know, and again, I'm telling you, if it were a bloodbath last night for, uh, for Dems, if these were huge wins for Republicans, uh, you would see front page news today about, about Biden needing to step down. So Biden, you know, used up one of his nine lives last night. No doubt about that. Uh, and, and, and the fact of the matter is he, he has literally nothing to do with this, good or bad. Nobody voting, let me, let me give you an example. I, how many people you think would get excited a year out from a presidential race, even if they're very pissed off about the way the country you know, is, is, is being managed, they don't like Biden. How many people you think are going to go out right now, this week, here in Nevada, in California, wherever, and go vote for uh, you know, an, a, a, some assembly people? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, that's, those races don't excite people. That's why midterm races oftentimes, you know, have very low turnout. Now, people do come out for the presidential race. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, I saw, uh, by the way, another component of this. There certainly was some hanky-panky going on in the elections. Uh, Pennsylvania reported machines that were actually switching votes. So there were... You know, the votes were getting flipped and they had to shut things down and move to a paper ballot, which I think is where we ought to be anyway. But regardless, votes were getting flipped. I um, I, I, I know, but I don't want to, I, I have no doubt that there were some voting irregularities, no doubt. But on the flip side of it, I, I absolutely believe that, that, you know, this could have been overcome with more turnout. This could have been overcome with better positioning. This could be overcome with stronger defense of the issues and, and common sense, pragmatic policies. So that's, that's, that's the word here. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. By the way, Hillary, I got to take a break. Hillary, you know, <clears throat> I tell you, one of the most astounding things to me, and, and you know, I played the clip at the top of the hour. One of the most astounding things to me is her husband, Bill Clinton, may be one of the most savvy politicians of my life. I mean, he is, if not the most savvy, then, then top five here in the U.S. in my lifetime. How his wife can be such a political dolt is pretty astounding to me when you step back from it. And I wouldn't explain what I mean because you remember her race in, in, in 20, 20, um, 2016? Remember how many times there were stories about Bill Clinton wanting to interject his opinion and getting shooed away by Hillary Clinton's team? And it turned out a lot of those things he was absolutely spot on right about. To what scale is that, but in larger, happening right now in uh, in the Democratic Party? 
It's an interesting thing to consider. I'll explain what I mean when we return. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve what's right. Breaking news, seven Nashville police officers were just placed on administrative leave in connection with the release of the three pages of the Nashville Shooter Manifesto. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show. So there it is. Uh, Seems to be a, uh, well, further confirmation that, of course, uh, what was released was, was, um, in fact, authentic. I think there was now a statement, is a statement from the chief of police there confirming uh, that. So, well, they really don't, they still don't want us to see it, right? That's the the thing. Now, uh, police officers have a duty to maintain the confidentiality of information. The fact that it is being withheld for motives that I don't like doesn't change the fact that I guess folks need to follow the rules. However... Where else do we get some daylight if it's not for whistleblowers, right? But there's a correct way of doing this, right? There's a correct way. You, you, you need to, you, 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 well, I don't know. We'll see how this goes. No doubt the police union will uh, protect and, and, and I, I hope fight for these seven officers involved in this. Anyway, interesting, interesting thought here. All right, on the What's Right show, Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Um, well, producer Robbie and I were just talking during the break. There, there is one example or circumstances where, where, where this election last night could potentially be somewhat perceived as good news for Biden. And I have to credit Robbie with this because he's, he's well, he is a very smart political guy he understands this. look maybe voters are seeing maybe maybe this is good news for democratic policies right maybe the folks are voting for for democratic policies and they're able to they, they look at biden they don't like biden they think it's an age problem or they think that he is you know got dementia and he's you know he's incompetent in the, in the kind of the purest sense of the word right um, but they don't think that his incompetence or maybe even his corruption is tanking the economy. They don't connect that. But I, or, but I, I, I see, look, I think, Robbie, see, I think that this is, it still comes down to, still is, the, the issue in each of these races, specifically in Ohio, because there it was a, a ballot initiative. But these races came down to abortion. And I don't think that the Democrats have a winning argument there. My problem is, is that the Republicans aren't, aren't, well, they're not messaging right on this issue, and they are held hostage by the pro-life, no-abortion-anytime people. They're being held hostage by a minority of conservatives. And that's, that, that's problematic, 
Now, the irony, of course, is that if, in fact, voters are looking at Biden's age and his various personal problems, you know, corruption, whatnot, and looking in that, at that as a separate silo from the policies of the Democratic Party, one thing we Republicans need to drive home as well is that it's the policies that are tanking the economy, not, you know, it's not, it's not what Biden did with Burisma when he was vice president under Obama that's putting us in, in the hole that we're in. And by the way, you can exploit this. You, you, this is, I'm just thinking way, ways to do messaging leading up to 2024. You really, you'd show, you show Biden. I see the ad now. You show Biden on the beach. You show Biden putting around. You show Biden shuffling, you know, and, meet, and being told where to stand and shaking hands with a ghost. You show all of that. And you drive home the point that Biden's not running anything. The economy is in the hole. Prices are up. People can't pay their bills. The world is on fire. Not because of Biden. Biden's just sitting there, staring into space and drooling. It's all the Democrats. It's the DNC. It's the Democratic Party establishment. They're the ones running this government. And they're the ones running it into the ground. And the reason why that messaging is I think very effective is because if Biden were to drop dead in the middle of the race, you are basically then running against a generic Democrat. And it's best to lay that groundwork early because if Republicans are going to just rely on Biden being not popular, I'm telling you folks, the real risk is that, that Biden drops out of the race or literally drops dead. And at that point, all of your messaging has just evaporated. It's gone. We have to drive home the point that it's not Biden. Biden can be despicable. Biden can be corrupt. Biden can be incompetent. Biden can be, uh, you know, um, incapacitated. <laughs> it, it's not him. He's not the one cooking in the kitchen, all right? And the people that are, are liberal left-wing zealots. Climate activism is destroying the economy, right? And explain how that is. All of the, all, I mean, energy independence that we had under Trump out the window, simply because of the rules promulgated by this administration, Biden didn't decide what those rules are. His team did. And you could have Kamala Harris in there. You, you, can, have, you could have Governor Newsom. Doesn't matter. any uh, Pritzker, whoever. You could have any of those clowns in there. And it's plus minus going to be the same cabal of absolute dumb A money monies that are running this. But they're dangerous. And they, will, they are, they are hell-bent on destroying this country because all they see is their absolutely, by the way, defective ideology. But that's all they see, and they cannot connect the failure of their policies to the policies themselves. They will always blame it on external factors. They do not get it. They don't understand how when you make energy more expensive because you've waged war on fossil fuels because you think global warming is an existential threat, 
And because trucks, trains, everything for the most part run on gasoline, on oil, that now the cost of everything in the economy, because everything in the economy has to be moved from point A to point B to point C, so it can get from wherever it was made to your front doorstep when you do your Amazon delivery, that price to deliver that good to you or to deliver it to the store has gone up. And that's just one example. That's one, that's one sliver of the ways that Team Biden has screwed the pooch. <laughs> and Republicans need to get a lot better at explaining this. So Robbie, you're absolutely right. We, we ought to run against the GOP, Trump, whoever the nominee is. In 24, we have to be running against generic Democrat X, not against Joe Biden. Can't just do that. If we run against Joe Biden, he drops dead. Uh, you know, you got you to gotta redo the whole thing and, and start over, basically. Yeah, and there's a real chance of that happening. All right, got to run, folks. Uh, quick uh, break here, bottom of the hour. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT, The Was Right Show. We'll continue after this. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings, friends, and welcome back to the What's Right Show. Sam Marjofsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering ex-Californian. Yes, long road back to sanity, but I am here and delighting, delighting in my, the progress that I'm making. Here, um, live and local, beautiful downtown Las Vegas is where the What's Right Show emanates from. Now, I was mentioning uh, earlier this hour about Hillary Clinton. Because, you know, she went on The View yesterday. Uh, today is when it aired. Uh, and she... <laughs> uh, she her um, political instincts are some of the worst any politician has. I, I, it's, it's astounding to me. So he, she starts to question, they, they, they're talking about Trump. And, and she's, I played the clip already where she says that the polls now, um, the polls are, you know, showing, the, the results from the election show that the polls about Trump are wrong, that they're manifestly erroneous and that his supporters are going to leave him. And she describes it like being in a relationship with the man, which is, I, I'll tell you, this is this is borderline uh, pure comic gold. Listen, well, I think that we should lock him up now. <laughs> well, some some of the polls reflect um, that voters that if he is convicted, voters will change their their opinion right. about him and right. won't vote for him. That's so right. I, I even trust, the ones who are supporting him now. Exactly. So yeah. I trust I trust that our country is Why smart think, enough. I'm just curious. Why do you think that's true? Just because he's convicted, they don't believe anything now. Why would they believe there that? There are some that will change that, their that, vote. That is exactly what these polls yeah. have have shown. OK, but we've just said that the polls are wrong. So this is now are these people committed to Trump? Are they are they going to leave him? Look, it's, it's any any kind of relationship. When you're 100% committed, it's really hard to say you're wrong. Yeah. Yes. You know, people true. go, why are you still with this guy? And you're just like, well, you know, I thought he would do this or I liked what he did there. And it's hard for people to separate. And I did say, and I believe this, and there are a lot of other people, not just me, 
that there's a kind of cult-like dimension yes. here. Yeah. You know, he, he's like a walking id. You know, in psychology, you've got <laughs> yeah, the yeah. ego and the superego <laughs> yeah, and the id. And so people get hooked into that, and they don't want to give it up. Uh, is she talking about Bill? When Hillary says that in any kind of relationship, when you're 100% committed, it's hard to say you are wrong. People are asking, why are you still with this guy? I mean, she has no self-reflection um, or, or, or awareness. It's unbelievable. But here is where her political instincts once again fail her. Even after being lambasted for painting half the country with the broad brush, calling them deplorable, possibly costing her the election, okay? If there was one truly unforced error, uh, it was that. The, the other sort of problem that Hillary had was when she started to faint at the 9-11 memorial and had to be whisked away by security. Like, that was the other moment in the campaign. But that, I, you know, that was something that she probably couldn't avoid having happen. She had some kind of a medical episode that she wasn't planning on happening, on having. But calling half the country deplorable was really, really bad. I'll rewind back to Chris Christie pointing his finger at the people in the crowd. All you people out there, talking about, you know, Trump supporters, all you people out there, you are so wrong. You are so wrong. It is disgusting how wrong you are. Yuck. Yuck. Will you notice something that Trump never does. He never paints a broad group of people one way. Trump will call Rosie fat, right? He'll, he'll, make, he'll say the most awful things about individuals. But Hillary Clinton, all these politicians, particularly the ones on the left, but a lot of rhinos too, the thing is that they truly do look down on us They are the chosen ones. They are the enlightened ones. They know better than we do. Remember when I said that 70% of Democrats believe that we ought to have censorship, and that's the the research, that's the Pew research that came out. And that number is up from 2018 when it was at 40%. So it's shot up dramatically. And what you have is they're finding Democrat respondents. These are people that actually, if you, if, you, if you really press them on the topic and could strip away buzzwords in the questions, I think what they would tell you, quite honestly, is they don't want democracy. Remember the Democratic Party wanted Bernie, but the powers that be decided that Bernie was not the right candidate, and so they saddled the party with this, you know, lump sack of, of, of absolute tone-deaf political acumen. Yeah, this, this, this Hillary the beanbag, and I don't mean in her shape, I just, a little bit of shape, but I mean her, just her, her personality. There's nothing more dislikable than a person that looks down her nose at literally everybody sitting around drinking Chardonnay with Huma Abedin, whose husband's out there mad typing up, you know, porn treatises to, you know, various underage uh, gals. 
on Twitter, formerly known as. And that's Hillary Clinton, and she's still at it. Cult-like dimension. Who's she putting down? Are, are you call, Hillary, are you calling me a cult member? It's kind of offensive. I mean, it, a lot of us are able to vote for Trump and criticize him at the same time. We know this is. We know he's not perfect. You don't have to tell us about his superego. We get it. We we know he's egotistical. <laughs> I mean, I, it's it's maddening. So why are they doing this? Of course, Trump getting elected, reelected for a second non-consecutive term would mean the end of our country as we know. I it. I think it would be the end of our country as we know it, and I don't say that lightly. You know. Okay. I hated losing, but I immediately said, look, <laughs> we have to give him a chance. We've got to support what? you know, what? the president we have. And what? I meant it. And I tried really what? hard. And then no, you didn't. from his inauguration. You sabotaged on, him. It was nothing but, you know, accusing people of things, no, making up no, facts. No, cut the to, stop the tape. I, everything that stop. I worried about, I saw Oh I can't even sit still here, folks. I, what is she smoking? This lying sack of dog poop. Hillary Clinton saying, I didn't like losing to Trump, but you know, after the election, I put all that aside and for the betterment of the country. And this is the woman who then released the Steele dossier to her allies in the deep state, in the, in, in the Obama administration that she had been a part of and sabotaged the entire Trump presidency. It was her opposition research that got repackaged. And this was her doing. This was Team Hillary's doing. Got repackaged as, as somehow some like, credible intel. And next thing you know, they were getting FISA warrants on, on, you know, on, on Trump's administration. Derailed his national security advisor derailed a whole bunch of people, put Carter Page, upended people's lives. But more importantly, more importantly, subverted the results of that election and negated my vote because I did not, those of us who voted for Trump, we did not get the benefit of our vote because the guy that we wanted in office was getting sabotaged day in and day out by this BITC, you know what? And she's sitting here saying, I did the, what I did for the country. And listen, I yelled over that clip. I, but here, here, listen to it again. I think it would be the end of our country as we know it. And I don't say that lightly. You know, I hated losing, but I immediately said, look, we have to give him a chance. We've got to support, you know, the president we have. And I meant it. And I tried really hard. And then literally from his inauguration on, it was nothing but, you know, accusing people of things, making up facts. And I think I, I can't. By the way, Friday, May 20th, 2022. What's that? A year and a half ago. Marshall Cohen writing for CNN. Hillary Clinton personally approved plan to share Trump-Russia allegation with the press in 2016, her campaign manager said. All of this is documented. She undermined him from go, and she's lying about it, and she's just, and she's still, she's still 
She still thinks we're all trash. <sighs> Can you imagine what four years of Hillary Clinton would have been like instead of four years of Trump? I, even those of you who don't like Trump, I think we can agree on this. That would have been a living hell. Don't go anywhere. The What's Right Show will continue in just a moment. Sam Rajofsky here, your friend in these troubled times. Be back in a moment. This hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve what's right. All right, all right, welcome back. <laughs> You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajovsky here in News Talk 840 KXNT. Welcome back. By the way, the podcast, you can always get this program uh, in its entirety, either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts. Look up What's Right Show. There we are. Uh, you'll see my smiling face, and uh, you can go back and, and get whatever episodes you want. So there it is. Um, look that up and make sure you click to subscribe. Um, yeah, I, Robbie, it's, it's, it's perplexing. I, I think, look, I think it's going to be a long 12 months. I don't think there's anything that is for certain that I can tell you will absolutely happen uh, by the by you know by by voting day you know November uh, 2024. It's it's you know it's it's just it's it's not there's there's a lot of moving pieces. That's a whole nother year for Biden to deteriorate. It's a whole nother year for Republicans to find further evidence of wrongdoing. There's a strong likelihood further whistleblowers, more whistleblowers will come out and seek protections from Congress, speaking out about things that they witnessed happening now in the Justice Department to protect Biden, to protect Hunter. We still have that independent probe, speaking of Hunter, there are still further ways that national security around the world can deteriorate. We could have a terror attack. Hopefully not, but it's a possibility. So this is, um, look, the, 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 I'm just, I'm naming a few things. We, we, we have a war for Pete's sake in the Middle East. And we have Democrats, by the way, fractured and actually a significant portion of Democrats out there sympathizing with Hamas. And here we are. I, I saw somewhere a tweet today. Speaking of the abortion question, I, I you know, uh, I, I saw, who was it? Ann, Ann Coulter tweeted out that, you know, that, that the pro-life people in the Republican Party are going to sink us. And that her compromise on it is that all Republicans, we should just pass a law restricting, mandating zero abortions for any registered Republican. That's her, uh, that's her compromise position. <laughs> hey, look, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, for, from a personal morality standpoint, I, you know, I, I, I can tell you with each one of our uh, children, I remember... All, I was I was living almost in a in a fear because I'm I'm always worried about everything. So I, I was I was living in fear that 
you know, getting to that 12-week mark, because, you know, if you've been pregnant or had kids, you know, it's, a, it's, it's touch and go in the first 12 weeks. Can be. A lot of things can go wrong. So I just didn't want to get my hopes up. You get to 12 weeks and you kind of go, all right, this is, you know, we're, we're, we're three months in and, and, and into the second trimester and you're going you're gonna to start to, you know, the, the likelihood of something going wrong after that point it goes down. 12 weeks. Right, and I, I, I mean, I, I saw the ultrasounds. I, I, I could never terminate. I, I could never participate in that. I, it just, I could never do it. But we live in a large country. We need to compromise, and I'm not willing to give up everything for this one issue. It is not a litmus test issue for me. I care about border security. I care about immigration. I care about the economy. I care about energy independence. I care about national security. I care about staying out of stupid wars. I care about making America strong. See where my alignment is with Trump on this? I, I, I'm just, that's to me, those are winning issues. And this is a loser. Now, this is a tough pill to swallow for the Republicans. It really is. But if we're going to win elections, we got to frame the issue in a simple way. I, again, I'm going to say it again. It's, Nevada has the right approach. 24 weeks, right? That's it. If baby can't survive without mom because 24 weeks is point of, of viability, right, where the baby can survive outside of the womb without the mother, not guaranteed, but, but, but the possibility is there right? The baby can live on its own, right? The state has a vested interest, should protect the, the life of that child. And until that point, it's, it's your body, your choice. And after that, it's two bodies. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it. And it's common sense. And, it, and I think you, it can be explained to people and you can reason. And this is where a majority of the country is. Majority of the country is not all, does not want late-term abortions. So move the conversation to talking about Democrats wanting late-term abortions. Talk about aborting children that could, could easily be born without any complications. I mean, hell, why, why abort the child? Just, you know, have a C-section. Deliver the child early. You don't want to be pregnant? Deliver the child and... and um, there, there, I mean, we, we need to, we, we do need to protect life. Life is, is important, but that's, you know, there has to be a point where we say this is when we protect life. And, and, and the other thing is, Robbie, you're right. You're absolutely right. The other part of this is why, why are, why, in, I, the Republicans are, the pro-life Republicans are doing this all wrong. We, they ought to be out there making the arguments and convincing people why abortion is wrong. Not trying to rule by, by authoritative fiat. We as conservatives are, we, we ought to be, you know, le leading through, you know, through, through persuasion, not through legislation. That's what the left does. They want to legislate everything in our way of, of life. 
And this is where, you know, this is where a more of a libertarian, you know, approach, you know, is, is more is more appealing to me in general. Now, I'm not a libertarian, a, a pure libertarian, because I, I, I think, you know, you, you, there, we, have a, we have agreement that some, you know, guide rails need to exist and that that's perfectly, you know, sane and, and, and a proper way of, of doing things. So, you know, I, I, I look, um, by the way, abortion floods money. All the, all the Planned Parenthood people, they, they flood money into it. So since August 9th, groups that supported, right, these November elections like Measure 1 in Ohio, the 27 million on advertising compared to 10.7 million on the anti-abortion group side. And most pro-abortion money came from out of state. That's, um, that's a fact. So there it is. I, look, I'm, uh, we're going to keep talking about this, but I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I th- I, we, need a, we need a wake-up call here, folks. But 2024 is winnable. And don't forget, when it comes to abortion, remember, you know, <laughs> this is where Trump, Trump's not, this is not his thing. He's not a Christian coalition guy. He's the, the, the make America great again agenda actually is, you know, it, it has a lot broader support than the issues that were up uh, on the ballot last night. All right. The debate tonight, uh, Miami, NBC, RJC, uh, backing it up. Matt Brooks will be there asking questions. Tune into that. I'll be on Alan Stock in the morning at 830 to talk about it. And then the show at one. See you then. Thank you.